I got a question before we start. <laughs> Let's, well, this is our question and answer. Oh, here's my question. How much time y'all spend thinking about Patrick Swayze? Well, I told you I just recently watched uh, Roadhouse. Roadhouse for the first time, so a little more than amazing usual. Hey, um, why, <laughs> why do you ask? I got a friend that um, we were just—I was in the group chat with some friends of mine from college, and we were reminiscing about the time we were at this casino, and uh, this woman with an oxygen tank was sitting there at the card table with us, and she looked at my friend John and said. Uh, Anybody ever tell you you look like Patrick Swayze? <laughs> and straight face, like not a hint of like irony. He goes, "Yeah, I get that from time to time." <laughs> like, like it, like it was something that like he gets like pretty regularly. And we all just looked at him. And the, the funniest part about it is he looks really looks dead on, like David Schwimmer. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so he definitely does not like, look I like would Patrick be- Swayze. I would believe it a hundred percent if like David Schwimmer's on Friends. He's um, Ross. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that David Schwimmer? Yeah. L- looks nothing like Patrick, Patrick Swayze <laughs> at all. Nothing. He said, I get that a lot. Oh, he, goes, he goes, oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like hee hee ha ha. Like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened before. Maybe he's just deadpan funny. Mm. Let me show you this guy. One of those comedians. <clears throat> that's pretty funny. I mean, what movies... Um, pa- unfortunately, Patrick Swayze kind of like... Uh, like those pictures of him right before he died, just brutal. He looked terrible. Patrick Swayze's dead. Oh yeah. Oh, dead and fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Dead and fuck. This man looks absolutely nothing like, like Patrick that. Swayze. <laughs> he one hundred percent looks like so, Ross. Yeah, <laughs> so she just did it. Uh... Oh yeah. No, I think she was being serious or flirting with him or whatever. But hey. <laughs> But he th- he seemed to think that somebody had said he looked like Patrick Swayze before. <laughs> anyway, there was another one. reason Patrick Swayze came up recently. Now I can't remember. What? I definitely didn't know he was dead. Yeah, oh, he died probably seven or eight years yeah. ago, ten years ago maybe. When I was in college, two thousand ten ish. Yeah, yeah, pancreatic cancer. Oh, he. Yeah. Well, every time an old actor dies, I'm like, I thought they were already dead. He wasn't this that is old. The opposite. <laughs> this is the opposite. Yeah, he was in his 50s. Yeah, how did he die? He died too early. It's not like he's Patrick Stewart or <laughs> Ian McKellen. He died from pancreatic cancer. The worst cancer Ooh. you can get. The worst. Uh, yeah. It's no good with that, really. Um, once you get it, you're fucked. Hey, do y'all know what mechanophilia is? Mechanophilia? Ever, mechanophilia. You ever heard of it? Hmm. It is a sexual attraction to mechanical objects. Uh, Mm. Cars, bikes, motorcycles, tractors, stuff like that. Like, you know, it's a sexual fetish towards... um, I'm over here wondering how you're going to bridge this to Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on pins and needles. I'm not. (laughs) Well, I'm surprised. You're just trying to change gears. I just wanted to change the gears. (laughs) I'm shocked this hasn't come up in sex ed because there's always some teenage boy who's like, hey, hey. Uh, you know what a candy cane swirl is or some <laughs> shit, you know, just trying to say this some weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, ask him next time if he knows what mechanophilia is. And I'm always like, no, tell us. And they never will. They'll never cop to it. And, and I'm like, please, we'd love to know. This is all about learning. And then I Google it later and I'm like, mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
the funny thing okay so i was wondering the other day what if someone with what if someone with mechanophilia fucked your car would you be able to drive your car the same way ever again <laughs> uh yeah if the alternative is buy a new car <laughs> yeah it's only fuck i do you know how much shit has happened to my car, in my car, to my car? Yeah. I'm still driving. Around it. your car. But you wouldn't have a different view beneath. of your car if somebody fucked it? I don't know. How do you fuck a car? <laughs> it's got a gas hole. You put your dick in the gas hole. Is that how you do it? Is that the accepted one? <laughs> so um, only people with dicks have this? No. Um, there's also that. Wow. <laughs> no, wow. You can... She just woke you on mechanophilia. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You can fuck a car. If you're a, if you don't have a dick, it'd probably be easier because gear shift. There's a movie. Yeah, there's a movie. Yes, exactly. The gear shift. Stick the gear shift in your pussy. Oh my God. <laughs> there's a movie. I was wondering how you go about doing that. I saw there's. I've been wondering. I mean, it's. It, I could see it's shaped. I've I've probably seen dildos vibrators shaped like a gear shift. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen gear shifts shaped like dildos. <laughs> It's a both hand. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd want to stick my dick in a tailpipe. No. Not even if it was like I'm trying to figure out because it it wouldn't fit in the gas. That's not like saying I got a huge dick or anything. I'm just saying like it just looks <laughs> kind of small. <laughs> what the gas Couldn't hole? Get my like the gas hog in the gas tank. <laughs> Mine neither, Tom. <laughs> Same. I do wonder if you came in it. You know, like nitrous oxide is just like a something that you put in the fuel, <laughs> like putting sugar in your gas. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Would it be like essentially up? putting sugar? Saying did it right, like it's if sabotage. Fast and Furious, like you're, but it's 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 like NOS. It's like putting NOS in your gas tank. So like if you're racing in the big race and you hit the cum button, <laughs> Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, you go fast. He comes yeah. back from the dead. <laughs> Right. That's actually how he died, is what I heard. <laughs> Hit the cum He button. came in his own gas tank and then... Metalphilia. What'd you say it was? Mechanophilia. Mechanophilia. Yeah, mechanophilia. How'd you learn about this? Um, I, I saw a movie with it. Um, Reddit. What? It was on Reddit. <laughs> you, you were deep in Reddit. Yeah, that's probably uh, Before we get too far away from sugar in the gas can, is that that's an urban legend, right? No, you can put mm. sugar in the gas tank. No, I feel like I got burned on that one too. I've been burned on a lot of urban legends. <laughs> Thank God, you've been telling us lies for years. We all knew it, <laughs> but we didn't have proof. We didn't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, somebody's well, took up this look, noble cause. I, I, yeah, I want people to to just look at this. This is a man going through growth, <laughs> self crit right now. <laughs> Reass- yeah, reassessing all of his old um, shibboleths and dogmas. And <laughs> it's been disorienting, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> to come to find that uh, men named Bird Dog had led you wrong? Yeah, and that 90% of your stories are... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I tell you how I found out. I stumbled into it, because our buddy Drew Nutter, I was did something with him the other day. We were talking, and he said... Uh, He's working on a construction site now, and he was like, I'm looking for boot recommendations. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, well, you know, don't you don't want to get steel toes if you're going to be working with heavy beams or anything like that. And he goes, laugh out loud, I saw Mythbusters about that. And I was like, oh, God damn. 
<laughs> that one too. <laughs> As it turns out, though, the hog tusk is true. I What's thought that, that was urban legend. Hog tusk. You know how I, one of my go tos is uh, a hog and it's feral will grow oh, tusks, yeah, but I've in heard. captivity it, it won't grow tusks because it's getting its food fed to it on a saucer or a trough or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wait, wait. So it doesn't <laughs> grow tusks because it's getting its food on a saucer. It doesn't need the tusks. <laughs> well, because you know it needs the tusks to gore shit. You know. So in the wild. So once you remove it from the wild, it no longer needs the tusks. Right, but it's like if we were to raise a pig from youth and grow it up, it would not have tusks. But the second we just slapped it on its ass and <laughs> sent it in the woods, it would grow tusks. What? <laughs> it's like evolution just speeds up because well, it recognizes it needs them. This is kind of like when you put a goldfish in the river. Um, what happens when we put terrans into the woods? What happens? <laughs> See, I think the goldfish into a carp oh. is an urban legend. No, it's true because when you... <sighs> Goldfish turn into carp? Well, they don't. They're China, like uh, Asian feeders. carp, I think. Is what, isn't that what a. Well, all I know is I have been <laughs> in that river before and I have seen goldfish that are like this fucking big. Like, oh, my God damn. I put, it down, I put it down. He's picked the mantle up. <laughs> I'm not making it. <laughs> up. Buddy, I caught his 40 pound. I caught a five pound <laughs> they're test. They're just measuring dicks in here now. <laughs> But so much for your confessions. <laughs> That's what we came here to do today. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I yeah, just... I have a hold up too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow you are Slow down. <laughs> Another one that I've heard you tell over the years <laughs> that I want to know. If hold you... on a second. Also, let's just keep it a buck right now, though. Okay. <laughs> also, you as claim... For as many times as you all have tried to call me on my bullshit, I've also redirected and throw that shit right back in your face when you thought I was lying and I was He wasn't. has phoned that's, a friend. That's true. Who has corroborated his bullshit stories. I, I have a network of guys ready to ready to corroborate it. If, if when you call and you call them Joe, no matter what, their names are all something else. If you say, hey Joe, they know that you're calling for right. a backup. All right. It's right. All, they, that's they're the like, code. Whatever you say, they're going to be like, yeah man. And then he Venmo's them. <laughs> Right quick. 50 bucks. <laughs> um, so one that I've always heard you tell is that if something with rabies bites you, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, the rabies virus uh, will hike up your nervous system and the wound will heal. But as soon as it hits your nervous system, the wound reopens. That's uh, Is this true? That's according to Dr. Monica Murphy, who wrote the book Rabid. <laughs> The diabolical history of the world's, or the history of the world's most diabolical virus, fact. Okay, all right. I don't even understand what you just said. It's where we get our zombie lore from. You know, like if you're bit by a rabbit dog, um, the wound will heal, but the rabies virus is still in you. It still takes a little bit of time Mm. um, before it sort of starts doing its thing. Crawls like a quarter centimeter a day till it gets to your brain. And then when it gets to your brain, the wound reopens. Is what I know a lot about rabies, but I've never heard this. <laughs> really? But Interesting. But, Somebody, uh, well, how so, do you so, know per- rabies to work? It appears in a, yet another role reversal. <laughs> Terrence didn't do the reading. <laughs> ah. Fair enough. Take your lashings. Fair enough. Well, on this wild boar husk kick okay come I on saw, i'll take all your bull i saw no <laughs> well, this isn't even this ain't even about you but i saw 
a headline that a snake gave birth to another snake in captivity this week with no male snakes involved. Really? Like an immaculate conception? Mm. Oh, yeah. I saw that thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Was so I didn't read into it enough to know if it was cloned, but I assume they would have said that if that were the co- the situation because we've, we've been cloning shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's not... I thought we were. Didn't Dolly Parton clone a sheep or something like that? Now, now. There was a clone sheep named Dolly. Don't come for Dolly. <laughs> don't come for Dolly. Well, what, what's negative about saying Dolly Parton cloned a sheep? That would have been badass if Dolly Parton was a mad scientist. <laughs> what's she got? I'm going to put that out there. Dolly Parton cloned a sheep. <laughs> You're right, it was a cloned sheep named Dolly. God damn. <laughs> this is exactly... This is Mandela effect. It's just like when you get it's most like, of the details uh, right, but it's just a little off, sorry. like most this of my is, analysis. This is 100% all of the discourse in 2019. <laughs> no one has all the information. Just Nobody. one or two crucial tidbits off. Yeah, or many. <laughs> or many. But anyway, what a Pride Month miracle snake i don't i don't think it's that impressive and i'll tell you why seahorse <laughs> seahorses have been doing that for no no millennia. no 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 see this is another one you've got this Are fucked you want to do this with me <laughs> <laughs> seahorses the male seahorse carry the baby carries the baby right, but they also do asexual reproduction god damn it I'm, i refuse to look this up me too, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> so your stance is that the male seahorses are doing it for themselves. <laughs> that they that female seahorses are not involved. Actually, you might be right. It's but it's some. But wait, it's some Tom's, sea creature. If, if Tom's, it's not asexual but, reproduction. But there's a lot of animals that reproduce asexually. But wouldn't though. you want that? Like from the angle you're coming at it from, wouldn't it be kind of woke if it was asexual? Yeah, and, it's it ain't. But it isn't. Wow. So wow. you're canceling seahorses. No, I love seahorses. <laughs> I've never really interacted with a seahorse myself, but they seem mystical and magical. And it is baller for sure that the men do the bulk of the work during pregnancy. And the, hey. the ladies just get to. Hallelujah. <laughs> the fellas are out there raising kids, raising yeah. the baby seahorses. I mean, the the female seahorse is probably having to uh, scurry up years worth of food to prepare for this new seahorse or some ungodly thing. They probably put them in position to be <laughs> yeah, probably. such great providers. They're building uh, an entire habitat for the three to live in the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Right, right. Well, you know what? I will... F- okay, so on that note, this is relevant. I, I have a bad... Um, carpenter bee infestation in this house. Really? Upstairs. Are those the kind you? Those are the. Those are still good bees that pollinate, right? Yeah, they pollinate. Um, so you really don't want to fuck yeah, them up. No, I, I don't want to like call pest control or anything. Oh no. Um, but so they. Um, Although. The pest control guy in Whitesburg is super hot. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. Who? Every time he, I don't know, but every time he comes in Whitesburg, I'm like. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris Bailey, Thorough Bailey. I know you're talking about. Oh yeah. Is he bald, like shaved head? Yeah, tall. Yeah. What the Let me fuck? tell you a story Why is about a hot him? guy in this town bald? Um, like Tom. <laughs> That's what I was setting it up for. Why? <laughs> Why the hell? <laughs> Why do people think? I guess I'm just only photographed wearing hats. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people, like I said, 
people see baldness and they see hotness. So yeah, they just get it mixed up. They guess what they get mixed up. Let me tell you a story Mandela about the Orkin man. Mandela effect. <laughs> I used I used to live with the Orkin man, Moorhead, briefly. And then we were in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, spring break, two thousand seven or six or something like that. And Chris, God bless him, he has. Wait, this is this guy. My yeah, guy? yeah. This is the hot, the hot, the hot pest control, control guy. guy. Yeah. Can we have him on? Nickname, <laughs> nickname Thurl. Named him Thurl Bailey after the Utah Jazz power forward from the nineties. Anyway, so we're here at this place. We're at the hotel, and we had just like dro- driven in, gotten there late, and Chris had been there for like two days. Me and my buddy BJ were, were there. And we we're getting caught up, and we're in the hotel room, and we're getting up stretching the doors open to the hotel and we see just this blur run by the door and I just saw just like a hint of that shiny dome (laughs) (laughs) I said was that thorough (laughs) he said man I don't know about two seconds later (laughs) ran back the other way right in front of that door I said by God that was him and I stuck my head out the door and coming this way about that time was two security guards <laughs> and i said my god he's he didn't waste no time they're already after him <laughs> well we went back there and we we're mixing a drink up and all this stuff we're getting ready to go out on the beach and then chris comes back i shouldn't say his real name thorough comes back <laughs> and he's got this blank expression on his face he's a guy that when he would get drunk it would like have almost like just disassociative effects on him. Like he would think he's another place. Right. Like it was it was very bizarre. Right. <laughs> and I said, Chris, he goes, Shh. He leans over to me and he says, They're after me. <laughs> I said, Yeah, I know, I saw. I said, You want to get in here and shut the fucking door? He goes, Shh. You have no idea what they want. I said, I said, (laughs) what do they want? And he cut me off. He goes, shh. (laughs) He leaned over. He said, (laughs) 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 give it to me. (laughs) Just give it to me. (laughs) He said, (laughs) he said, said, (laughs) they they want the documents. <laughs> <laughs> I said they want what he said. They're after the documents, and he took off running down the hallway. I didn't see him again for two days. <laughs> Dude, 48 hours. Dude. The Google documents. He ended up on an Indian reservation playing volleyball with the tribe down there. <laughs> No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> Call him. Call him up. I don't buy it for shit. Tanya just, you just, you're just trying to mack on him. Tanya yeah. has an ulterior motive just here. Just send him my number and I'll call him to corroborate <laughs> this story. Wait. So where I was going with carpenter bees, what you might like about carpenter bees. I did a little research. I was like, well, what are these? What are these new roommates I have? Because they keep fucking getting in my bed. Uh, they're all... Um, are they in your silverware drawer? No, that's just where the mouses are at. 
mice are in the silverware drawer and the carpenter bees are upstairs this is our studio friends this is where <laughs> we are recording currently when i came in he was chasing a mouse around the kitchen we're lucky i'm still here <laughs> now the bees so the carpenter bees um the female eastern carpenter bee um they're not hive bees they don't have a hive they're um, solitary bees but they still have a queen no they don't most bees actually don't have a queen um most bee species don't so the you'll like this though the eastern carpenter bee um will nest and it'll be um usually an all-female nest so like mothers daughters sisters they like just will all nest up together um while the male who the fuck knows what the male's doing he's got his own nest <laughs> this motherfucker's on the, the phone. Fucking phone. <laughs> he's folded a, a fucking friend. We believed you, Tom. We believed the story. I know. I know. It's just the bear thing was such a hit last time. I was just trying to <laughs> trying to recreate the magic. You can't recreate it. It's not. We believe that. This is supposed to be the second time you've tried to phone a friend and they didn't answer. You mean second time in a row? Mm-hmm. I had to cut it out of the last episode. Oh, did you? Tom asked me to. I'm not cutting this out, though. Christopher, give me a call back. I need you to corroborate two stories on a <laughs> podcast that will be listened to by thousands. <laughs> <laughs> thousands, he means 2,000. <laughs> yeah, he means that's thousands. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Plural thousands. Um, All the ladies are nested up together, but they're not fucking each other. It's a family nest, right? It's a family nest, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the that's um. But yeah. So the, it's a fighting nest then. A, a fighting nest. <laughs> it's either a loving nest or a fighting <laughs> nest. This sounds like a fighting one to me. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but uh, they are pretty cool. Um, but so uh, I had to ask around and shout out to our good friends Katie and Andrew who gave me some good advice. They said put some bamboo around the house so that they'll nest in those places instead. But you got to plug up the holes that they've um, basically carved into the wood upstairs. It sucks that you're having to deal with this situation yourself because you already know what your landlord would do. Yeah. You know, like your landlord would call. Just call pest control. Yeah, he would fuck it up (laughs) royally. And I feel like I I do like this with my rental all the time. I have to deal with shit myself because I know if i call roger he's gonna it's like gonna be hell yeah totally he's gonna bring some kind of <laughs> god-awful chemical <laughs> although after two years written off of him the last time he come up there i was having yet another mold issue and he come up there and he left me a bottle of like slr or whatever cleaner yeah like that was his big solution like i, I don't know to buy slr cleaner <laughs> but listen we did he said, look at that bottle, look at that bottle. And I looked at it, and I was like, what? And he was like, I thought you'd like that. And I was like, like what? And he was like, look, look, it's woman-owned. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get out of my fucking house, Roger. Just get the fuck out of here. God damn it, he kills me. Maniac. He's in Alaska right now. Let me tell you what this son of a bitch did this week. No, you finish. What, are, are you planting bamboo? Is that what's about to happen? I might, yeah. yeah I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start a bamboo farm? <laughs> yeah. Get Nathan Hall up here to yeah, help you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're revitalizing the eastern Kentucky economy <laughs> by bamboo. Bamboo and carpenter bee colonies. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the end of the, that's the, end of the story. It's, you know, it's not a story. It's a well, tidbit. Well, when you figure out the, the perfect bamboo 
uh, recipe. Bring it up to my house. I need to camouflage my entire house behind some bamboo to keep the real estate agents away. <laughs> that would be helpful for me. All right. And loads of people in Cadillacs. I'll bring it up there for you. I'll Looking at it. my house. Yep. I'll do it. Um, I'll performatively put bamboo around your house. <laughs> Thank you. Get a you. grant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, so I don't know. We're like 25 minutes into the show. Do you want to do some Q&A? Do you want to do some Q&A or do you want to do some confession? This is our 100th Ooh. episode, Reverend. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Te- also, I think I'm wrong about the seahorses. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I accept your apology. Even Jordan missed a few shots. And 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 he literally had the nerve to say, "You won't go here with me. You gonna do this with me today?" <laughs> he swelled up so big. <laughs> we gonna do this? Well, hey, I thought it was behind us. <laughs> God, God grow up. Oh uh, shit. Well, well, I, so we wanna do confessions first. I, what do you think? These are my confessions. Yeah, let's do that. Cue yeah, up, Arkelly. <laughs> I mean, should we like? Um, so, I mean, I haven't seen the confessions, so you have to tell me. Like, there's what a you... few good ones. Okay, all right. So you have all the confessions over there with you. <laughs> Y'all didn't get any. No, I didn't get any. People, I'm not really. I don't really have the confessor type demeanor. They only sent the confessions to the good reverend, <laughs> someone they could trust. <clears throat> I still like minister because I think it sounds sinister. Someone who's. Um, but com- I always had a pastor, right? Um, well, yeah, no, you're you're someone whose confidence people can trust. Then uh, I really have always wanted a uh, uh, ad, an advice column, right? Here's your but audio is way better, right? Right. Well, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's do some confessions. Why not? All right. I wish I was ready. Maybe after it's in post-production, I can go through and put some synth. Some music in here. Some music over it. Some synth over it. Yeah, buckle up. (laughs) Well, let's let's pretend like I'm in a confessions booth. Okay. All right. Let's call it a UU church. There's a pride flag outside. Would you like me to... me i could i could read them to you you could be the priest oh yeah okay let's do that why don't you give me that's good okay well let's just make sure all right you know um the top one's the one where oh, okay. we're just gonna sit on that we're just sit on that one <laughs> yeah and then uh the one that just says hey <laughs> let's save that for last <laughs> got it the name hey got it but though I want to, the first one. Okay, here you go. Right. The first one though, first. I want to say uh, it's not in there. It, got, it was texted to me um, because the f- the best confession I got was that I'm not the only one who has masturbated in the Perry County Unemployment <laughs> Office bathroom. <laughs> I'm not alone in that. So this one's this one's saving for last. <clears throat> Tell me which one you want me to read click on the one you want me to read the one you want me to start out this one you say for last because that one came in a month ago gotcha. and they were wanting some advice and so i'm gonna do that now okay but right. the rest but this one no no we're not doing okay that. and then all this the rest one? of them i can do this one yeah that's good all right all right so uh, you're the priest tanya <sighs> hey rev i wanted to drop hey. a confession when i was a kid my abusive asshole father got some sort of gnarly skin infection on his bald head, and I used to put Drano and whatever else I found under the sink in his medicated shampoo. 
Haven't spoken to the son of a bitch in years, but his dome is still messed up to this day. <laughs> I hate, I hate, I hate. <laughs> that's that's great. I um I'm gonna say I I put my full authority of support behind this. Yeah. Um, another good example of this type of behavior is that. For years now, my aunt has used uh, her husband's toothbrush to clean the toilet. <laughs> years. Classic bit. Just a classic <laughs> really? bit of oh, They're yeah. still married? And yeah. That? Yeah. He's a whore. I mean, I've told you this. Like, I, you know, I don't really have a hit list, but if I did, he'd be number two. <laughs> wow. Wow. He's a horrible person. It's like all she gets. She also bakes uh, muscle relaxers into food, so he just knocks them out. She doesn't have to deal with him. I mean, he's a complete maniac. He's a, just an abusive lunatic. That's insane. So abusive men, they get what's coming to them. Yeah. Um, so I guess I could, should just say, um, forgive yourself, child. Yeah, you don't even have anything <laughs> yeah, to forgive. Nothing to worry about i'm not the priest here though clean conscience yeah, yeah I can't, I can't, no position to make a call on this one i'm not the reverend tom you don't <laughs> where you're um in the in the church what is below the priest is it uh is it a bishop or is a bishop above what depends what church we're talking about yeah, yeah i think that's pretty unilateral it's just different words well we'll just be parish this is our that. old yeah this is our own church the trillbilly church uh church mm. of trillbilly so um yeah, me and you are just parishioners. Just, you know. And I am the HBIC, so continue. Okay. <laughs> I have... God. All right. Second confession. I have a confession. Grew up in the Methodist church. I screened when, this one before we uh, started, so I know what's coming. It's going to be good. Grew up in the Methodist church. When I was 13, I attended a confirmation class with all the other teens. We all sat around in a circle, and this girl was wearing a skirt across from me, and I rubbed one out during the class i love i live in cumming georgia and the church is coming first united methodist <laughs> the fact I, that this isn't already a short story that he wrote i got one just curious so like he they're sitting in a circle and he was pocket pulling i guess so I guess okay well that it. cleared something up for me i'm not familiar with the pocket pull obviously <laughs> well clearly uh you've never i can't believe i'm gonna confess this because my parents are 100% going to hear it when I was a child when I was a teenager <laughs> our computer was in our kitchen and so like Same. yeah, yeah. And so we didn't have enough room in our house to have a separate computer I had room. so much code like I was, everything was coded yeah, yeah. Every, all my sex talk was coded and I would just sit there and like look up pictures of Britney Spears while my mom would be like cooking food and I would do doing the pocket pool <laughs> That's a different level of deviant. <laughs> Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Okay, he's watching Hit Me Baby one more Yo, time yeah. videos. Pocket pull well, in the kitchen. You couldn't watch the videos because th that was back in the days of dial-up yeah, internet. Yeah, you're running 13K. So. You can't really load a video. Right, right. So. Um, <clears throat> well, here's some things I would like to say about this. The age 13 uh, in my... Uh, in my opinion, my not so important opinion is the hardest human age. 13, hands down, like the worst human age. Mm -hmm. You're not a child anymore. You're not an adult. You're like stuck in this awful limbo. Adults do not know how to interact with you. Yeah. They treat you mostly either like a child, which is upsetting. 
that's and next we'll talk about the emotional <laughs> capacity of a 13 year old which is inappropriate yeah <laughs> right, right right yeah or they treat you like you're you should be acting older and more mature than you are so you're often just fighting with your parents like it's just a terrible age and you don't know like you're stuck in between this place like i've literally watched this happen where the 13 year old is like told like don't play with that that's a kid's toy you don't even be playing with the kids toys that's their toy that's their shit and then they're like hanging out in the kitchen while cards are being played and they're mm-hmm. not cut down get the fuck out of here you know you're, you're this ain't for you la 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 right literally no space for it's, the 13 year old it's the worst age for sure it is and so and that's not even to take into account how um terrible the emotional just like so physically your body's going through puberty right you're growing hair in places that you can like it's hard to even see (laughs) like you your body is just fucking you over your hormones are crazy everything feels so urgent yeah like if you miss a birthday party or something it's like the end of your world everything is like heavy oh yeah i used to get like bad stomach aches before social functions with people like debilitating stomach aches because I'd be so stressed out and nervous. Like people, be like people don't like me. People aren't gonna like me. Yeah, like, I, was 13, I mean, it was awful. Yeah, one big slip at thirteen, and you are just like trashy tashy the rest of your life. Exactly. You know, you just like immediately as soon as you is that what they called you? <laughs> <laughs> I no, was gonna I... love that trashy tashy. <laughs> no, actually, that was a girl on one of my dorm floors. That was in college. <laughs> This is sick as shit. Mm. They, one time um, on my dorm floor, this was my sophomore year, um, it just started smelling so fucking bad. And we could not figure out what the fuck was going on. And it took us almost a week until finally they maintenance found some fucking assholes put a bunch of fish, dead fish, <laughs> in the fucking ceiling tile in the hallway outside of her dorm room. Oh my! God. I think it was girls. I think she had like fucked somebody's boyfriend or Pranks. something. <clears throat> we pranked your ass. <laughs> it was horrible. Man, the golden age of pranks is behind us. Yeah, but now. they called her. Her name was Tasha, but people called her Trashy Tashy. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. We shout got out sh- to her. I hope she's doing shout better. out to Trashy Tashy. So um, yeah. Um. You know, it's a little. There's some gray area here if you were not 13, <laughs> but a 13. I think 13 year olds should get. Um forgiven for just about everything <laughs> because I agree. they're living in a pretty hard hard reality i agree i'd say up until about 18 really as a general rule though pocket pulling particularly in front of the subject of your pocket pulling <laughs> yeah. not not good yeah voyeurism <laughs> unconsented voyeurism is pretty fucked up yeah you're right uh, at once you're 14 <laughs> um but uh maybe he should put her on his list of his um pleasure lineage yeah maybe and 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 hit her up hit her up she's like let her know fucking weird i would i would never would have wanted to know this actually um all right number uh now we got a third one but it's cool that it's in cummings georgia cummings first man yeah that is great that's a great detail (laughs) thanks for hitting us up so uh this one is more asking for advice um two boy did you come to the right place (laughs) Um, I need advice. <clears throat> I work at a local radio station that 20 hours of the day spews conservative far-right propaganda. Despite the intense anxiety this causes me, I'm too scared of the instability that might come from quitting and finding uh, other work. 
I've been in this job since high school, so I don't know what else. I don't know anything else. What should I do? What do you think, Tanya? Well, when I first read this, uh, I wanted to message them back and say, are you in Whitesburg, Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, talk, you're talking about Red's. Uh, <laughs> we know you. Yeah. Red show. You? <laughs> or uh, you're working at the Bulldog. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, people are working shit jobs everywhere all the time. It's, um, it fucking sucks. Um, and as much as we, you know, we even joke about this, as much as right, right wingers want to pretend like they are the minority, they're like this great minority. Y'all don't want to admit it, but... Uh, a lot of media outlets, the bulk of them at this point are spewing right wing right wing media shit like really conservative bullshit yeah even mainstream look yeah. if you work at cnn i yeah. mean uh you're doing the work for empire basically. even wmmt our radio station will play the high tower report and immediately some guy will talk about uh how it was good to carpet bomb children in vietnam yeah, yeah. seriously um yeah well i just have to say that like you know uh we all work at places where the work we do, we don't really agree with necessarily. I mean, I don't Except anymore. Except for Terrence, I was about to say, you uh, have some unique advice you yeah. could give this person. You, you, okay, so I could, if you want, if you want the Terrence Ray method, save up all of your indignations, um, peeves, uh, critiques into one self-annihilating bullshit essay that serves no purpose. <laughs> Um, and we'll just get you fired. And uh, then you can just coast off of that for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> or what I'm trying to get my advice to Terrence is to parlay that into a book deal. Right. But again, nobody listens to me. So right. here we are. You care um, if I just. That's what they're there for. The chunkers are there for everybody um, to have. Look, we might have mice and carpenter bees, but we also got chunkers cookies. Yeah, you know what? Okay, what you might do is, of course, sir, there are a few routes you can take. You can figure out a way to, I don't know, influence the other 20 hours a day or whatever, the other 20 hours a week that's not spewing. Did he say 20 hours yeah, a day? 20, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good advice. So, like, the other four hours, see how much you can influence that. If it's, like, 20 hours a day, so, like, basically the whole day. Is that what he's saying? Uh, I work at a local radio station that's 20 hours of the day spews conservative yeah. far-right propaganda. So basically the whole day. Or, yeah, and um, or outside of the radio station, uh, volunteer at another radio station that maybe it offsets. I don't know. <laughs> don't volunteer your time, man. <laughs> Fuck it. Here's what I would say. Good advice. from If you're working at um, Amazon or if you're working at, uh, you know, wherever it is you're working, it's not like those companies are like you know paragons of virtue <laughs> paragons of virtue you know what I mean? <laughs> no matter where you work at there's going to be in yeah, this you're country. selling your labor you're being exploited uh mm -hmm. that's the system that um my friend you're part of an alienated class <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i would you know do whatever self-work you need to do to not internalize this as your fault this yeah. is not your fault yes yeah, that's the best this is definitely not your fault so, you know, here are a couple options. You could take the option to find another job, try to, like, start looking. I'm on this tip with my mom right now. She is working, doing way too much physical labor for her age, and she's topped out at $12 an hour. They're not going to pay her any more than that. 
and I'm begging her to apply to other jobs, but she thinks that, as you mentioned, like she's been doing this since she was in high school, la la la, like she doesn't know other things. <clears throat> um, and probably the best thing that can be on your resume is is one job for a long time, <laughs> because that's what employers are often looking speaking for. Speaking like loyalty, right? Speaking as someone in the job market who's not really been successful at it. But we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Because I think one of the questions we received was about my job. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, my friend, if you don't like Beyonce, you don't like Beyonce. If you like your job, keep it. If not, <laughs> not. Yeah. I was going to say, the other way, if if you do decide to leave, fucking go out with a bang yeah, and yeah, do yeah. whatever you need to do to slip uh, a day's worth of trillbillies onto the community radio station. For sure. Get it in, like, at least just run it all night long while nobody's, while your boss doesn't know. And, uh, <laughs> Stick a pin in that. That's a good idea. It is yeah, a good idea. Just run trillbillies for, for 24 hours. <laughs> just run trillbillies on air until the gig is up. Right. Um. All right. That's good. All right, next one we got. We got a new one. Good luck, sir. God bless. Bless me, Dolly, for I have sinned. I kicked a dog, and before y'all get too upset, I was still on acid from the night before, and it was in self-defense. I'll elaborate a bit, though. A Please fr- do. That's not a good start. <laughs> yeah, we're... I know. When I first heard this, I was like, I'm not putting this on here. But it gets better. Chunker? Please. A friend of a friend hired me to build a deck in her backyard. This lady is all in on that nonprofit shit gentrified the shittiest neighborhood of my city in the Gulf South and complained about her broke neighbors, was in the Peace Corps, has filthy rich parents, and currently works for a nonprofit here. I didn't want to do it, but needed the money, so I took the job. Poured the footers and set posts the first weekend and was coming back the next Saturday to finish the joists and decking. That previous Friday evening, I met up with a buddy for beers whose asshole friend dosed me with about five hits of liquid acid. I proceeded to be profoundly stoned for the next 15 hours, but was four hours late. Pretended to be hungover instead of coming down. I got the job done in the August heat, nearly without incident. See, this lady brought home two things from her time in the Peace Corps. <laughs> a belief that the world can be a better place through not neoliberal benevolence and an African street dog that has loved her and has bitten a number of her friends and family members. I knew this dog wanted to bite me, too, because it took a couple swipes at me the previous weekend. I repeatedly reminded this lady to keep the dog inside, as I would be cornered in the fenced-in backyard by him if she left. She forgot, and that shit happened. I climbed a 10-foot privacy fence in about 1.5 seconds and kicked this dog in the face solidly two or three times on the way up. My best friend is the only other soul I've told this to till now. I feel pretty bad about it, and I really love animals. Appreciate y'all letting me get this off my chest. Thank you, and God bless. Please just use my first name, Paul. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm all down for kicking dogs in the face if they're trying to fucking Paul, bite you. Paul, if they're you. trying to bite you, that's one thing, okay? <laughs> I just thought you were, like, you know, doing, like, our former coroner here and just, yeah. just abusing animals. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I get that. Uh, well, what I responded to him is that it sounds like this also might be a, a segment of rich people are deeply, deeply deceased. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> this sounds, yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm glad you could get this off your chest and um, release yourself of any guilt yeah. from um, defending your sense, yourself, yeah. acid trip or not, <laughs> against this lady's rabid dog. I, 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 uh, I agree. 
Um, well, I think that's all the confessions. Oh, except for the for for the for this one. Hey. All right, you ready for this one? This is the last one. Is that the last one? I think so. It's, there's no other okay. ones on here. Okay. All right. Hey. Hi, Bernice. My name's Henry. I was just listening to the Trillbilly episode where you mentioned performing. Or no. No, is this the same? Is this the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I was just listening to the Trillbilly episode where you mentioned performing a spring equinox fertility ceremony for your friend. I've missed the spring equinox, but I was hoping you could maybe suggest something for my wife and I to try. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for being on Trillbillies. So I got this about a month ago, and it immediately made me so sad, and this is why, that our healthcare system is so defunct and bullshit that people are having to seek out advice from podcasters about how to get <laughs> pregnant. That's where we're at, people. So uh, this is uh, a line for Medicare for All. <laughs> Uh, for sure um and you know so i did want to elaborate on that so the spring equinox is a good time to try to um uh put fertile energy into the into the world one because it's about spring and blooming and birthing and we actually um i don't remember when that episode was or us talking about it but i remember that party yeah and we literally put eggs on our um altar i'm pretty sure it was the episode with slut pill wasn't it? I thought oh, it was maybe, the yeah, because with it Carrie, was, Mitchell, and yeah, Paulina. Because it was for Carrie. Yeah. She was trying to get pregnant at the time. Right. And so I still, I sent her that message actually and was like, look, I'm claiming Ophelia <laughs> that I've, that I've, uh, responsible. I'm responsible for Ophelia. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we joked about this recently, but I, I have heard that diva cups actually are a really helpful way to get pregnant, um, whether, whether you're queer or not. But, um, because it holds the uh, semen in longer. They uh-huh. like can't escape. I mean, I know there are all They're these trapped. physical ways to do oh, this. She, my God, they got us. <laughs> <laughs> We're trapped in here. <laughs> um, but I, See you in hell, boys. <laughs> Just die strapped to the egg. Lord. Yeah, but um, ceremony-wise, I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, very fertile altars altars that have grow plants that are growing and blooming are good eggs um any signs of fertility that you can think of putting those on your altar cannot hurt yeah that's for sure well you heard it here for hurt here first and if that doesn't work i got a playlist for you <laughs> <laughs> what's the name on that uh i don't think there was a name oh, okay. henry Henry, I got a playlist yeah. for you, Henry. Shoot shoot us an email and I'll send it to you. <laughs> Tom makes some good playlists. Yeah. Um, um You thought the confessions were over, but I found one poking around in the inbox and this is <laughs> gonna clear up a lot for us. Mm. Frankly. This one's from Jonathan in Murray, Kentucky. Jonathan writes <clears throat> I am the one who called Tom Bald. <laughs> I apologize for the undue stress this caused Tom. I did address this and speak your piece again, but it was not seen as much as the original. The correction was as follows. I'd like to correct a few things regarding what I said in this here paper about two weeks ago. You may be more of an otter than a twink, according to your dry snitching, which, <laughs> your, to, according to your dry snitching witch friend, 
But, buddy, that doesn't change much of what I said. Also, your friend is not bald and truthfully looks good in the jean jacket with the pop collar. <laughs> the mustache is a good look as well. Thank How you. How did we miss this God in Speak bless. Your Peace? Did y'all see this in Speak Your Peace? No, I didn't. Why are our friends not letting us know that we're in Speak Your Peace? I don't think our friends read the Mountain Eagle anymore. Yeah. I don't think it... Uh, Trash. <laughs> propaganda. Yeah. Well, good on you, Tom. Tom's been rehabilitated. Tom's... I yeah. just... I just... It feels good. <laughs> Between that and everyone calling you a snack on the last video, you're back in the gold. It's, all, it's all coming up sexting, baby. <laughs> Here's another one, too. I keep... I've I somehow botched a couple of these. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I thought of my confession while I was listening to... Uh, not episode 99 and felt it was thematically appropriate. My dad is a priest, Episcopalian, so he can't have sex. <laughs> and he would always carry this emergency communion kit in the back of the car to share with shut-ins and sick people at the hospital and stuff. Well, I really liked the communion wafers as a kid. For as long as I can remember, I would snack on the wafers while riding in my dad's car. And on a number of occasions, my dad would get to the hospital or the nursing home in town and provide the Holy Sacrament to these old and infirm people and there would be no wafers <laughs> i got questioned about it once and i swore up and down i had no idea what he was talking about i'm now a 27 year old atheist and i can't kick the habit <laughs> 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 gotta have that delicious body of christ every day <laughs> to this day on the rare occasion that i'm in the back of my dad's car i still eat the communion wafers but i always make sure to leave at least one behind Damn. That's a great confession. That's a good confession. That was a very good one. Yeah. So that's all the confessions you got? That's all I got. In the... All right. Well, let me double check you. Make sure I don't have any yeah, in here. Yeah, why don't you double check me? Um, I will just note that we are closing in on 50 minutes. So when we still got some questions, you just want to make <laughs> this an hour and a half banger? Let's fucking or do it. Or the no. Q&A actually <laughs> becomes Patreon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a prayer. Yeah, I'm looking in my um, requests, and they're all uh, fucking men in the DMs. Yeah. Same here. That's what my DMs are like. Not really. No one's in my DMs, except Gals Chat and uh, Scott Benson. It's bombs fall. That's about all I got going on over in mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is pitiful. Hi, dear. How are you today? And you must have been the second woman God created after Eve. <laughs> That's, is that a confession? <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds like a robot. Well, let's know. so then let's go to questions because you got a question I from our buddy Drew. So let's start with those. Yeah, that was a good one. Okay, Drew sent in question for y'all. Does how does it make y'all feel weird to be recognized IRL in real life for your podcast and Twitter personas? And he offered a guess. Should I share that too? Yeah. His guess is that I enjoy it. Tanya enjoys it, but only in the right setting. <laughs> um, like I don't like I don't want to be bothered when I'm grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Tom acts shy, but actually really loves the interaction. I've never had that happen to me. Really? Not once. Same here. T. Ray hates it and runs away from attention. <laughs> Depends on the scenario, but yeah, usually. It does depend. Well, this has happened to me numerous times, and 
sometimes it's fine and wonderful and sometimes it's creepy i don't think it's the location it's how it's done uh-huh. like someone ran me down one time and said i heard your voice and i knew it was you and i was like what the fuck and i was real creeped out <laughs> it's like i heard your voice down the hill and i ran all the way here to get to you it's like oh my god well that's never happened to me but, but it's never happened in any situation like that like really i don't really go to the same places you go to <laughs> By that, he means he's just kind of here in the porch. I stay on my hill. <laughs> Where you'll die. Where I'll die. On this hill. <laughs> That's never, no, it's never, I've never been. Never happened to you, Tom. Never happened to me. Interesting. I'm usually embarrassed because I feel like my Trillbillies and Twitter persona is a uh, very dramatic version of myself. Well, I'm, I, I would say that's accurate. Like, I've got the waspy, like, Protestant self, you know. Um, flagellation thing like I don't deserve I don't deserve the fame (laughs) (laughs) I don't deserve the attention (laughs) it's also important to remember that we're podcasters and therefore occupy a niche on the lower end actually the lowest rung of notoriety so I would say also important particularly to remember, when we live in a town of 1600 yeah. people but. also important to remember that we have maybe a few thousand fans and in a country with 300 million people in it it's very yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like i ran into those guys in brooklyn that was cool that's true and they did say that they could tell my voice well but the left in this country the left is very tiny and so i run into people all the time that i know through other people on the left um, uh, right yeah and okay so you physically run into them yeah, yeah, and and I've met people who drift through Whitesburg from time to time who know other people that I know in DSA and all these other places. Um, mm. So, you know, the left is just really, really tiny. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I mostly just enjoy meeting people. I'm, like, happy to meet people. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, too. I like meeting people, too. <laughs> yeah, so I think all in all, we all just like meeting people. Yeah, man. Meet, we like to meet people where they're at. Hit us up. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing I don't like, which I feel like happens often, is someone will DM me a listener and be like, hey, I'm going to be in Whitesburg tomorrow. Can we hang out? Or, like, can I meet up with y'all? Or, like, I'm going to be in Whitesburg in two hours. I'm like, uh, well, it, I would appreciate a heads up if you, like, mm-hmm. that you kind You kind of big dick your listeners i don't know i feel blindsided i'm like dude i have shit to do tomorrow and i feel like an ass that i can't meet up and say and see you (laughs) i mean people i know do this too they're like hey i'm gonna be there tomorrow it's like no one has any courtesy nobody wants to hang out with (laughs) terrence no one has any courtesy for anybody's schedules anymore just Um, like this bitch real estate agent that showed up at my house this week look we're gonna take care of that we're gonna get you a nice some bamboo we're gonna get you some bamboo we're gonna get you settled house what house not just bamboo but bamboo filled with carpenter bees (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) it's your secret it's like a moat it's like having a moat you gotta walk through Um, you look. You can look over her. So you trying to do this? You trying to do this? <laughs> yeah, you really trying to get into this fucking house? I can pull it off. Yeah. We doing this right now? All right. So uh, questions. Yeah, that's all I had. Tom, why don't you? Uh, Let's see what we got here in the archives. Some, some Q and A. <clears throat> this was the one we kind of answered the other day on the bonus. Yeah. But we wanted to toss this over to you, Tanya, to see exactly how you felt about it. This comes from. Alice. And it's a great one. I will say, before you go, all the questions we received are just great. Like, we have 
intelligent, um, smart. I know that those two words mean the same thing. <laughs> cool. <but laughs> You're real cool. <laughs> we have very smart listeners who ask good questions. Here we go. Alice says, hearing you fools for the past two goddamn years get sucked back in, into progressive Democratic Party politicians, radical posturing, only for them to do some dumb shit, and you go on the full anti-electoralism spiel, rinse, repeat, is like watching the cycle of abuse play out in real time. My question is, when will you learn? Thank you. God bless. <laughs> My answer is that, Alice, we do not have good therapists here. Okay? We do not have... I've tapped out every therapist in town. They all suck. We do not have access to good mental health care. And that's the only excuse I have for us. That's a great answer. Excellent answer. We are are absolutely locked in cycles of abuse (laughs) as Kentucky voters. 100%. But I also want to say, because I thought a little bit about this last night, too. I thought a little bit more about this because I've th- this is this is the thing I've been trying to figure out for like a year now. It's like why do I even give a shit? And the thing is, is that like sort of like we mentioned on the last Patreon, anytime you have a mass movement of people openly calling themselves socialist in this country, which is a traditionally conservative, reactionary, racist country, it's no it's noteworthy. And if they want to engage through the electoral system, then um, I don't really agree with it necessarily in in terms of um, presidential politics. But if we're talking about like city councils and state legislatures and stuff like that, like I think that is a worthy worthy place to sort of, as you say, stick the shovel in. Put your shovel in. Yeah. But also, um, I was listening to this podcast, uh, The Dig. Um, and they had Doug Henwood on, this guy, this writer. And he was talking about, like, you know, it's totally normal to be skeptical of Bernie. Like, presidency is the bourgeoisie's office. That's the, that's the bourgeoisie's office. And so it's, you know, you got to have a reasonable sort of um, analysis of these things. That's what I say to um, anyone who wants to be president. Yeah, you shouldn't trust them, for yeah. sure. Now, if somebody wants to be... at least be skeptical. At least. Somebody wants to be alderman or notary public... <laughs> Maybe, you know, give them benefit of the doubt. Right. But a real workman, real workman-like right. position. But I, I want to add to that, like, I just want to say that, as we were just saying a minute ago, the left is also extremely small in this country. And, uh, and we, I think that our principal, you know, sort of aim right now is activating people. And however people become activated, if it is through Bernie Sanders' campaign, then I'm interested in it. And that's the only reason why I even keep up with it. Because we need numbers. As, you know, we know, they have nukes and tanks. We need numbers. And um, and so I think that certain campaigns could activate people in a way that bring them into that. I do think, I qualify that, I do think that some on the DSA left are a little too sort of optimistic and cavalier about it the sort of magic that a campaign like AOC's or Bernie's could produce. Um, but I, at the same time, I think it's worthwhile. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. We also want our student loans canceled. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
basically. I mean, I, I would like my student loans canceled. I'd like health care, but I would like revolution way more. I'll say that. Well, well, I know that that sounds absurd. Well, you you, you kind of get all that with revolution. Though. Well, maybe. I don't know about health care, but you definitely. <laughs> well, you think we're going to cut everybody's head off and then are going to be like, yeah, sorry, you're still in the hook for these loans. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we definitely get rid of the loans. Health care is a question. Yeah. I, there was a point I want to make about that, but I guess we'll maybe in some of the later questions we'll sort of dance around it. Um, well, what did you all say on the Patreon? Basically. Give what, it to the people for free. Give it. Yeah, what did we say on the Patreon, Tom? Uh, what? Oh, shit. Basically, that we live in a place where electoral politics yeah, is yeah, a yeah, non-starter. Yeah. Basically, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we can, we. I mean, we, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, we could sort of focus on state politics and like local municipal politics and stuff like that. But in terms of like, um, presidential electoral politics and stuff like that, or our our congressional and especially our senatorial races. That's it's a non-starter. Like we're not going to be get we're not going to be able to get Mitch McConnell out of office until we have some sort of political revolution. Well, probably. yeah, it's just like the Senate is just a sick system, right? The Senate. I mean, there's just the world's most undemocratic legislature. Yeah, it's it, no, <laughs> truly, it is. I mean, from the Senate to the Electoral College, it's just all oh, we got. We got high problems. Yeah. Um, and so it feels you whatever. Know, well, the thing, I guess if, if just to sort of retread the same path, is that, like, I think the reason why there is this cycle of abuse, abuse, like, as they put it, like, when will we learn? I think the reason is because we have to juggle several different things in our minds, one of which is that, like, we know that no real change can come through the system as it exists, that you have to smash the system. Basically, especially the Senate and the judiciary, which are the two most undemocratic institutions in this country. And um, and so for all Bernie's talking about, like, political revolution, like, well, what that actually would mean would be, yeah, throwing the Constitution out, throwing the Senate out, throwing the judiciary out, to completely remaking uh, the political landscape. And he's not talking about any of that stuff. He says it, and a lot of the people on, that are sort of adjacent to him say, we want a political revolution. But I've, I'm not convinced yet. You've got to fucking convince me. You've got to convince us that, that you actually do want to smash the structure because a Are lot you going to cut your own head off or not, Bernie? <laughs> Well, a lot, I think a lot of people really aren't satisfied with the system. And I think that you would find a lot of people out there who would be like, let's burn this motherfucker down. Yeah, I, think, like, I, think, I think that's right. I think, um, I mean, it's doing whatever it is right now, Bernie's thing is impressive enough as is. Yeah. Imagine if you up the ante a little bit more. Well, and the thing is, it's like, I don't think. I mean, he's in perfect position to do that. He's in perfect position to do it. And if his whole philosophy for running is like, oh, I'm not even going to win anyways, I might as well just shift the Overton window in the discourse, well, then fuck it, man. Say you want a political revolution. You might as fucking well if you know you're not going to win. The Overton window. I was trying to think of that a few episodes ago, and y'all treated me like a dumbass. Did like we? I didn't know what I was talking about. I, that's what I was looking for, the Overton what window. What was the content? I can't remember. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. But also, I just want to say, Alice, that the real short answer here is that it's good fodder for podcasting. It's also good content. <laughs> it is good content. content. <laughs> this comes from Ian. <clears throat> Ian says, Dear TTNT, congrats on the 100th episode of your podcast. I found it late last year after a series of personal failures. First, I quit my anxiety-inducing job at a health insurance company. Good job, Ian. 
I did this because I decided that if I didn't take a stab at parlaying my sideline riding gig into a full-time gig, I'd regret it. Boy, that didn't work out, so I'm back in the small town in which I grew up working for a non-profit whose usefulness is highly dubious. Where does that sound familiar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, your podcast has become very important to me. I'm a Patreon subscriber and would like a size medium t-shirt. <laughs> I have a couple questions for the episode. If you could be answer any of them, I'd be very grateful. <clears throat> um, One. Like many, 2016 broke my brain. I found some comfort and left Twitter, but quickly found that quickly found that putting the ideas from there into practice and floating them in conversation with my lib friends alienated me. It was mostly them accusing me of being unrealistic while finding every conceivable way to play devil's advocate. I'd I'd have called myself a lib before 2016. I think it's fair to say left Twitter radicalized me. I want to know if you think every lib has a radicalization threshold. Or if some just have a predisposition to it. Is it the onus of the left to pull libs to this threshold? Or is that impossible? Um, Tom, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, we can certainly empathize with all of that. Oh, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing I would say. I, I saw Boots Riley say this. It's like when, when we cast liberals aside, we're basically... we're basically just casting a lot of the working class aside to in their politics in terms of how they relate to it in my opinion in my opinion i don't know if there's necessarily radicalization threshold and how that like somebody might have a carb threshold that you know they start putting on weight (laughs) after they eat so many carbs in a day um but what i would say is that i think you know in my opinion i think that we should try to win as many people as can be won to it. I almost look at it as, as like proselytization in, in some ways. It's not a one-to-one with like church shit, like trying to go witness to people for Christ, but the actual act of, of you know, like we were talking about with Marx, like sort of getting this bourgeois revolution first. I think that's sort of a role that people like us could play and i mentioned that just because he says he's in the non-profity world you know what i mean trying to get people to think about things that don't necessarily uh apply to them in the same way it would apply to somebody that's you know hanging drywall for a living or whatever the case may be yeah i think that um i think that's right well you're more charitable than me I'm trying to be charitable this time. I, somebody's got to balance it out. Uh, you're, okay, well then, if you want me to balance it out, go I, for it. I, I will. I will say, fuck liberals. You're not going to change their mind. Um, and this is what I learned from my experience. There is something about the liberal mindset that prides itself on bootlicking. I don't know what it is, but I will say this, and it can actually get dangerous. Thinking that liberals are your friend actually could be incredibly dangerous because they will sell your ass out the first chance they get. Well, here's why I say this. You're absolutely right. But what I'd say to this is I think we have to make – there's a distinction between liberals. Yeah. Between I, think, the, it, I think there's people that call themselves liberals because they don't have an articulation of left politics because right. nobody yeah. has, like, introduced that to them. Right. And those people, I think, can be trusted and can be wanted. There are people that are absolutely thrilled, positively thrilled by liberalism, <laughs> that think that <laughs> they want to throw parades for liberalism. Well, I, I think all of this, it's, I mean, I, I don't mean to s- say this to just like 
grandiose, but it's like white supremacy. Like liberals are, in essence, they're white supremacists. Like the 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 um, systems that they are fine with and think that are going to deliver us that from more evil, or less work for them. Yes, they work for them, and I mean, I mean, yeah. Like I I think that if you are working to uproot white supremacy in this country, you're working to uproot liberalism. <laughs> Like in a big scheme of things. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, I think there's an important there's an important class distinction to make, right. which is that um, for me, when I think of liberalism, I think of the New Yorker, and I think it, and it's the perfect embodiment of it because it is they can, you can read an article in the New Yorker and you're like, damn, this is a fucked up aspect of society, mass incarceration, goddamn, like they nailed it. But then their solutions become. Well, let's just tinker around the edges with nonprofits and sort of incrementalism and, like, let's just hope that that amounts to some sort of liberation or something like that. And that's what I take issue with. And the reason why that's their approach to things is because they do fundamentally love the status quo. Yeah. And uh, the minute you challenge that, they'll throw your ass out on the curve. (laughs) You know, something I got – one of my big takeaways from Assad Haters – um, mistaken identity book was this that I'd never really thought about. Is there's al- almost an equation to liberalism's relationship to conservatism and leftism. Liberalism has to have somebody to debate with to exist. That's the conservative role. The leftist has no ro- no implication for liberalism's existence. In fact, liberalism exists only to neutralize leftism. Yeah, for and- sure. And I, I think that's something, too, you have to, to think about when you're engaging a certain type of liberal that we're talking about here, that what what you're describing, the liberal that has predisposed to bootlicking and all that kind of stuff. I think that type of liberalism exists strictly to neutralize leftism. Absolutely, 100%. But there's another type of liberalism, which I wouldn't even call liberalism. I would just call it sort of like left purgatory or something. <laughs> Where you know shit is wrong. Are we not in left purgatory? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like liberals bomb countries, you know, like the Vietnam War was done by liberals. By liberals. <laughs> yeah, make no mistake about it. <laughs> um, so, no, that's, that's, uh, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. Was there a second part to it? Uh, no, that's, that was that. Well, you said there were two questions in it. There was three, but I wanted to just be a little judicious with our time here and get up with some. Uh, and to other that's the softball you picked us. I thought it was a good one. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Yeah. Jim, plug me again. Can you hear yourself? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I just you know I can empathize with him feeling like he's just. Uh, on repeat having the same stupid conversations with his liberal friends uh, until he dies yeah um but yeah yeah, so just maybe just let yourself off that hook yeah no (laughs) look i've learned in life that you very rarely change anybody's minds go for the apolitical people and the apathetic people in conversation like oh in conversation yeah yeah Yeah. there are plenty of ways like i mean well Well, even we don't don't need to get into even over the course of years i've had conversations with people and uh still i've Seen very little result. Well, also, conversation—it's a good point you make. Conversation is actually a liberal thing. It is very <laughs> passive, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's you know you're going to come closer to this by organizing with people, exactly. Um, and and because organizing 
around the right issues will push their world worldview. It'll have to. So, great answer. This one comes to us from Alaric, who says, "Howdy, got a question for y'all." Even though it seems like the podcast has a bent more towards a state government-led form of communism, uh, which I would categorize myself under, are y'all aware of any sort of anarchist movement in Kentucky or across Appalachia at large? Seems like anarchist discourse is often centered on it as an urban movement, especially in the states. Also, any general thoughts on the role of anarchism in an ascending leftist movement would be appreciated. Anybody want to fill that one? <laughs> we got plenty of anarcho-liberals. Uh, yeah, I would say... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like... Mm. Pl- plenty of people and who caps, call themselves... And caps, right. anarcho-capitalists. Right. Yeah, plenty of people who, call, who are liberals but call themselves anarchists. I know plenty of people who live off the grid and might be a sort of anarchist, like, libertarian, like... Yeah. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as, like, their role in... A growing left um i'm not an anarchist but people are just gonna be anarchists that's really all that you can i mean you're not gonna convince anybody not to be an anarchist yeah. i mean there is, there is a regional network of antifa folks who have been organizing against who have been like directly fucking sh- fighting nazis right. at, at their conferences and shit um for the past few years and a couple of years at least now um who i think call themselves anarchists yeah it it does seem to me that um so there's this controversial like um thing on chapo i guess recently where vivek chibber said that anarchism now is basically useless it used to have a sort of role in leftist movements in the late 19th century and then it's basically it's lived out its historical purpose and i i don't think i don't agree with that um but like and i think that uh but in terms of like their role in a leftist movement like people people have legitimate reasons for resisting authority um yeah and <laughs> and i and i don't hold that against anybody if they yeah. if they are not if that's not their thing if they don't believe in any kind of like leninist type of organizing model or a state-centered form of communism or anything like that's we can we can debate about that yeah it's like uh it's not it's not i'm not an anarchist but left solidarity but also i feel like honestly me like hanging out with anarchists right out of college and like reading a couple books uh, that romanticize like anarchist anarchist cookbook no, I didn't have the cookbook, <laughs> but I feel like that's that almost saved me from full liberal drowning and in five years of statewide organizing. Yeah, and so I don't know. I think it's I think it's a little. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that there's like no space for people to hold views like this at some point in their life, like. <laughs> in 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 everyone's complicated um journey to socialism <laughs> or whatever well i think that um it's like i was saying earlier the left is still very Communism. small and we need as many people as we can get right. <laughs> i mean so i'm not going to uh try to scold people out of you know being an anarchist or, or whatever you want to identify with right 
Yeah. I know what I believe in. I'm, I would consider myself a communist, but there's a lot of caveats with that. I'm not like a Leninist necessarily. Um, but, you know, I'm not an anarchist, so I can just tell you that. But I do have some anarchist tendencies, I feel like. Anyways. Tanya's a relationship anarchist. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> I am a dance anarchist. I fucking hate line dancing or square dancing. Any kind of dancing where people tell you how to dance. I like to fucking do my own goddamn thing. <laughs> no, God damn. That means that a relationship anarchist? Then what is that? How does this translate? I'm just, I don't know. You know what that means. <laughs> uh, this question comes from Maria. Maria writes, sorry if I'm spelling your name wrong, Terrence, but she nailed it. Or they nailed it. But I'm still, but I'm too lazy to look it up. My question is, how are you making it without a job, buddy? I'm worried about you. Also, where's my T-shirt? <laughs> Thanks. Let me just say, um, I so what, uh, the way that I'm making it is that I saved a wealthy senator from choking on a hot dog in a stagecoach, and he's now my wealthy patron. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now we travel all, all over the States. I'm a, I am a degenerate gambler and have sex with everybody, and I'm giving him a bad reputation. <laughs> You're Casanova. Yeah. Um, no, I do actually do have a job now. Um, I'm not telling you where, because you jackals will fucking get me doxxed. Um, and this is how I lost my last goddamn job. <laughs> but I have a part-time job now in the service industry. That's right, I'm back. And... Your generous Patreon money, and so my, fucking give yeah, to Patreon. My generous Patreon money, and I do a little writing here and there. I dabble. I dabble. <laughs> this one comes from Kevin in Florida, who has one for each of us. We'll start with Tanya's. Tanya, when I do tarot for myself, I seem to usually pull powerful feminine cards. What does this mean? Well, I mean, in my opinion, this is a flaw of traditional tarot that it's so gendered. Like, you're just pulling powerful cards. Um, and I actually um, have a new tarot deck on the way that's all fifth. <laughs> it's like an all fifth deck. But it's just like um, the genders in tarot should probably be dismissed more than they are. Um, that's my kind of interesting. That's my answer. Like, I don't. I think you're just pulling strong cards, which is great. That's great news. It's good for you. And often when you when you pull tarot cards that are figures like the knight, well, you, you must be um, pulling like the empress, the uh, queen. If you're saying you're pulling strong female cards, um, so and these cards can either represent you as a person like things that you are doing or need to do or they can represent mentors people you need to seek advice from so it's kind of hard to say so in such general terms but my, i would mostly just say that the gender binary is violent and killing us and we should dismiss it from tarot if it's going to be useful interesting good answer for terrence the question is <clears throat> Terrence, what other supplies do you and Leon need delivered to the cave in the woods? <laughs> you must choose one book, one drug, one canned vegetable of endless supply, 
one weapon for joining popular revolt, <laughs> and this. one musical instrument or album. Fucking A. Why didn't you send me this in advance? I could have prepared some kind of no, answer. No, no, that's no. why it's better this way. Yeah, you got to just think on your toes. Um, so one book. Maybe I should start there. Okay, here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Choose one book. Uh, one book. Probably, um, I don't know. What's a book that I've read a lot? Uh, the Zen Reader. <laughs> Yeah, man. Pulling the, down the, the blank moon. state by Steven Pinker. <laughs> drawing down the moon. Yeah, drawing the anarchist down the moon. cookbook. Yeah, um, the Bible. You read that a lot, Terry. I have read the Bible. Uh, why don't we just say the Bible? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you through some hard times. I'll let you think about that one we'll more. Come back to one it. drug. Uh, weed, obviously. That one's not even a easy. Easy. One canned vegetable of endless supply. This is rough. Yeah, that one is tough. Um, you got to make it green. I would say probably spinach if it's a canned vegetable. I mean, I could eat that shit like Popeye. Hearing some bad things about iron content in blood these days. That's true. I do have high iron. You have high iron? Yeah, when I go to donate blood, um, that's what they tell me. Every time they're like, oh, this will make you feel better. They take Taking all my blood, blood out. <laughs> One weapon for joining popular revolt. Well, um... A microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Got her right here, baby. <laughs> um... I don't know. You need like a thirty out six or something. You want some kind of rifle that'll give you some distance. Because look, we're fighting a guerrilla war here. Goddamn it! You'll definitely, a protracted people's war. You'll definitely run out. You should get a bow. You should use a bow because you can make any, turn anything into an She's arrow. She's right. It's sustainable. A You're, bow is sustainable. Um, so I would go with a magic wand, so I could just get whatever <laughs> weapon I needed anytime I needed. Well, genie. Uh, one musical instrument or album. Um, well, definitely, I guess if you're in a cave, all my electronic instruments are out, right? Hey, got nowhere to... <laughs> it's mythical. This is mythical. It's so our albums, I suppose. DC Talk, Supernatural. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> now I'm going to take your drum set with the plexiglass. Mm. Yeah, I'll set it up in front of the cave <laughs> and just play in the cave in a... You just go deaf and like... system. Like <laughs> two days... Uh, for me, Tom, can you elaborate on your thoughts about Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson? Oh, please. Rewind living the dream, Tom. Take Here, us to Virgin, Here's Tom. what I say. Here's what I say. I, I owe Tyler Childers an apology. <laughs> I made some comments about maybe... I haven't... I like Tyler Childers' music. I like Sturgill Simpson's music. I think my grapple with this whole sort of milieu of you know, quote-unquote tasteful country or the guys or gals that are quote-unquote saving country music is just a little played to me and a little, you know, little also a little classist. Like, if you want to fucking listen to Florida Georgia Line, fucking listen to Florida Georgia Line. I'm with you on that. But I like both of their music. So. Look, nope, why don't, why don't country singers make music for the working class anymore, goddammit? 
Granted, I mean, you can make those songs about the working class, but what happened to making forty-hour living? Nah, you're Just making the- now nah, you're making songs about uh, you know for the beer craft set. Craft <laughs> yes, beer set. exactly. Now they're making. That's exactly right, Tom. Now they're making songs for the beer brewery beer craft set. I'd say I'd I'd say Tyler Childers of all those is not doing that. You know, I think he's got some good working class songs, nose to the grindstone, others. But the women of country have always been making good country music. Damn. For the working class. Wow. Well, you're right. The only reason I just he just said Tyler and Sturgill specifically. Right. Don't slay me, Queen. They've been. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean they like. Dolly, even Pistol Annie's, like even new, even like Miranda Lambert, who's winning the fucking awards. Uh, most of her songs are for working class people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Angelina Presley? Martin yes, County's own. Angelina. She was posted she a picture. Yeah, she was posted. I said Pistol Annie's. Angelina Presley. Amy Monroe. But also, in another way, I can't be too mad at a genre that's been dominated by my fellow countrymen, Eastern Kentuckians. So that's. You're just shooting yourself in the it's, feet. It's good for... Uh, it's Representation's important, Terrence. Did y'all see that little Nas X? that name? Little X Nas? Little Nas X, yeah. He delivered a fucking Miata or something. No, it was another M. Fancy car. Miata's not a fancy car. Anyway, he delivered a car to <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus this week. A Mercedes, maybe? No. Didn't see it. To uh, celebrate their song being number one for like seven weeks. Damn. My man is about to... Uh... My man is about to hit a little thing we like to call one-hit wonder status. <laughs> That's all right, man. It was if he flames out, it was a beautiful flame. Absolutely. Out. No, I want to shit on this raid. You, you let me have this thought. No, <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> cut him off. Uh, Sean in uh, Melbourne, Australia, Australia writes. I'm sorry, Sean. That was so bad. Uh, can you come to Melbourne, Australia? We have socialist movements growing here that the world that much of the world doesn't know about. And Sean, we uh, we have a uh, we have a correspondence with Mr. Sam Wallman down there in Melbourne. So my favorite uh, cartoonist is in Melbourne. Who's your favorite cartoonist? Sam Wallman. Sam Wallman? <laughs> no, I'm gonna look up their name right now. Um, I would love to go to Australia and uh, shout out to Sam if you're listening to this. Let's make it happen. Yeah, just get Sam to to make <laughs> us come down there. We'll come down there. Yeah, yeah. I'll do anything for Sam. <sighs> they were Girl Mountain on Tumblr for years, but it's uh, The Adventures of Megan Mog. Mm. Y'all seen Megan Mog? No. Sam, do you know Megan Mog? <laughs> sure, you know Megan Mog. Um, well, we'd like to go. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, fuck yeah. I want to... I know this is probably the worst thing you can say because probably people in Melbourne hate this, but I would like to go to the Australian Open tennis tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably like you know like fucking the worst thing ever for the town. <laughs> oh shit! What you guys got over there? I don't know. I, I don't think I have my phone with me. I've got. While we're trying to find some other questions, I have a f- couple of confessions for the Reverend over here that I overlooked. If we can get oh. to those. I heard Reverend Turner would be taking confessions on the 100th episode as well. One time at the Southgate House in Newport, Kentucky, the bartender handed me back someone else's credit card when I closed my tab. Before going back to my actual card, I went to a nearby liquor store and bought a pack of smokes. Probably goes without saying, but I'd like to be—I'd like this to be an anonymous confession. Thanks and sending love to y'all from 
Columbus, Ohio. That's a great confession. That they use somebody else's credit card to buy a pack of smoke? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Just a harmless little... My favorite story from the past couple months, and who knows when this actually happened, but I just heard it in the past couple months, is that um, a girl in a bar, this guy was like hitting on her, and she was like, okay, give me your phone, I'll put my number in it, and she Venmoed herself to grand. <laughs> oh shit, that's perfect. It's like drunk guy wouldn't it's cold as ice. Yeah, wouldn't leave her alone, and so she Venmoed herself to grand. That's great. That's awesome. It's fucking killer. Um, the Melbourne Melbourne um, artist is Simon Hanselman. Simon Hanselman. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that does Mega Mon. Uh, one of my favorite comic strips. It's a um, drugged out witch and her black cat boyfriend. Nice. That's extremely on brand. I can relate to that. Very on brand. Uh, This one comes from Zoe. Uh, First things first, Tom should record bedtime stories for Patreon subscribers. I would increase my patrons for bedtime stories. Say no more, Big Zoe. He might as well do that. We ain't getting Uh, (laughs) t-shirts. A confession. Forgive me, True Abilities, for I have sinned. I spend a lot more time thinking about what I would do if I were put in a situation where I had to enact violence to achieve liberation for myself or for others. It's something I worry about quite a bit. I want to know if this is something you guys have thought about. I think ultimately I just don't want to be a coward if I have to make the choice to protect myself, or to, I'm sorry, to protect somebody more vulnerable than myself. Obviously, I'm putting the cart before the horse here because who the fuck knows what is going to happen and I should focus on what I can do here and now. But it's still a concern. On some level, I understand paranoid people and... I'm not sure what that word is. Assholes and doomsday preppers who who are always worried about being prepared because you have to... you you When you feel existentially threatened at a low level over a long enough period, it can weigh on your mind. I'm only a few years into feeling truly existentially threatened, not because I have never been, not because I've never been, but because my consciousness has been muted for decades by anxiety and preoccupations with interpersonal relationships. Sparkly fingers on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Plus being white. Also being from southwestern Pennsylvania, Fayette County. You definitely grow up internalizing the politi- that politics don't matter. Nothing in this world has anything to do with you. So it takes some time to synthesize that there's a world out there and that folks around you are part of that world. It's a perspective I wouldn't have had if I hadn't grown up in Appalachia. And presents significant barriers when trying to communicate with people who didn't grow up experiencing that. But it makes us Appalachians uniquely prepared, I think, for the work ahead. Anyway, thanks for the show. It keeps me sane. God bless. Can you go back up to to the very top um, with the que- There was a question yeah, at yeah, the yeah, very yeah. beginning. Uh, basically, um, I want to know if this is something you guys have thought about. Uh, basically, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would do if I were put in a situation where I had to enact violence to achieve liberation for myself or for others. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't. I, are, is anyone under the illusion that nonviolent revolution is possible? I don't. <laughs> is that a thing? I think that. Um, Isn't this a liberal fairy tale? Well, I think nonviolence is a tactic, a good tactic that I that will be used in the revolution, and it's not going to be a completely nonviolent. Revolution. There's there's not going to ever be a completely nonviolent revolution. Well, I think that. 
I struggle with this too because I'm like, I like my cats. I like my house. <laughs> I like my life. You know, like I like my I like my what little creature comforts I've accumulated. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But you can't. I think that um, when I say that, like, I want revolution or whatever, it's not like I want the left to seize state power. It's not like I want some sort of, like, takeover of the government or something like that. When I say what we need revolution, and we really do need it, it's... What I mean is that we we need one we need one of the old types of revolutions, something that reverses the entire sort of like philosophical drive of the last four hundred years, and especially of the last like thirty or forty years, something that like, um, I don't know. Society is just rickety. It's just artificial. It's old. It's got. It needs to be swept aside and, and replaced with something new. And I don't think that that necessarily means that we need to like get our guns and like go. Um, sort of storm the White House. I think what it means is like we've got to build up as many numbers as possible, but we've also got to like our notions of what revolution would look like. They're they're totally sort of like bogged down in the 20th century. If we're talking about a revolution in the 21st century, and this is why people need to read the Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson, because if we're talking about what a revolution would look like in the 21st century, we're going to need scientists and we're going to need engineers and we're going to need people who can work in like hacking and cybersecurity and stuff like that like those are the sort of fronts where we need to be able to figure out how like to locate choke points and to um, sort of shut down avenues of commerce and get people out in street demonstrations and mobilization right it's not necessarily a seize of um political power first the seize of labor power right well it's using labor power to, to yeah. basically shut it down and so, like, you, it's a combination of things. It's, like, maybe some old things, like general strikes and, like I said, street mobilizations, but new things, like figuring out how to – this is why we need scientists. We need, to, we need communication systems that are resilient and can withstand power outages and stuff like that. We need to figure out how to hack. We need, I mean, like, not us, literally, but we need people who can do stuff like that. So it's not like – we just need a more dynamic – view of what revolution would look like and it's going to involve some discomfort and um mm-hmm. i think that it, all of us are you know daily asking ourselves if we can do it um but i think about it a lot they, i guess that's the, the the question i think about it all the time it's like could i actually i occasionally use this to motivate myself to work out <laughs> do you <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna have to run. I'm gonna have to do things. Well, like we're we're not even in we're not even remotely close. I mean, what we have to do is wait for some sort of trigger event. We're not even remotely close to that happening. Yeah, some of it is just waiting. Yeah. Are we even ready for the trigger event? Though, right, is what I'm saying. Then again, who knows? A lot of revolutions in the past have happened when people just weren't even paying attention or ready right, for it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Most revolutions or, or, take people or, off guard. Or, or what's the classic uh, Marx line about? Ten years happens in a week sometimes or something. Oh, like it's that. Lenin. Yeah, Lenin or Lenin line. I'm sorry, did I say Marx? N- um, yeah, I think it's something like, yeah. One week can happen in ten years, and ten years can ten happen years can week. happen Something in a week. Like, yeah, Sometimes yeah. just wacky shit like a tree branch falls on somebody, and then <laughs> there you go. There's your like history can just sort of take off just and spiral. Ripple. Yeah, right. So sometimes it's just dumb, random luck shit that yeah. starts that. Literally, but we should be starting to try to create our own luck. We should, we, and that's why I'm saying we need 
scientists we need engineers we need people that can sort of uh podcast we need (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna say like you know if 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 we're prioritizing things we should be doing to prepare ourselves i think it's more about building community and like building a network of people that you trust and um can kick ideas around with and can maybe even like survive with yeah. outside of you know there's like a, i'd say there's probably several other things that i would put above that on a priority list even if we just start talking about how to prepare for any well, any random any revolution i think we're talking about the same thing i think that it's included in that i think that you're talking about mutual aid and if we're talking yeah. about sort of mutual aid societies like we need people we need a sort of like diverse set of skills and interests and and yeah. for we need instance, Liam Neeson's from the Taken series. <laughs> for instance, I happen to be sitting on a stockpile of Plan B right now. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hit me up if you need any Plan B. Yeah, doctors, uh, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like we need those. We need professionals, but we and of course we need um, workers. Like the the two. We need a bourgeois revolution as well as just your classic worker revolution. Probably, unfortunately. The I'm hoping that's not the case. <laughs> resource generations. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is those motherfuckers will never get there. They'll just keep doing the Feelings Caucus and talking about their stupid goddamn guilt. Until we have to actually use violence against them. Right, right. So, I mean, hopefully, we don't get to a place where we're like... Because, look, it's like we said on the Patreon episode... If you work 15 hours a day, you're not like you're not going to want to get off work and go train to be a paramilitary <laughs> gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Like that's just not that's, yeah. the, that's not where people are at. People are demoralized and they're beaten down. Right. And we have to figure out a way to activate them, get them class and politically conscious and get them like you said into sort of mutually aid mutual aid um, sort of configurations and communities that can sort of enact some sort of leverage when that trigger event happens. Yeah. We need a long-term solutions is really what it is. And the thing is, is a lot of people on the left, and that's the thing that was really disturbing about that thing in the New Republic that Doug Henwood wrote, was that a lot of people on the left are very hesitant to make long-term plans right now. It's all about the short term. It's like, look, climate change has already started, and there's nothing we can do at this point to start to stop what's coming. Um, we can sort of try to mitigate it a, few, a couple decades down the line, but... We need to. We need long-term plans. No. I mean, it seems like that there's. It's going to be a climate revolution. Like there. Uh, I mean, if I had to put money on what a trigger event's going to be, it's going to yeah. be a climate. Yeah. It's going to be a climate event. Yeah. It's going to be. And like, it's probably. Like, and the violence is going to probably be triggered by the climate. Like it, a lot of people are probably going to die. Yeah, you know what gonna, I mean? Well, like there's going to be some scary. Well, that's thing. that's going to happen. Yeah. No, no already, doubt about well, the that. thing it's is, it's already happening. happening. That's yeah. really what sort of. You've got refugee crises, uh, you know, asylum seekers. Like a lot of this is because of climate catastrophe. Exactly. And and so it's already happening. And so then this is the thing I think, and we've talked about this a lot. The left needs to abandon this idea that there is a climate apocalypse coming. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, if we're even going to be here in ten years, ha ha ha. We are. We are going to be here in ten years, and and, we're going to be miserable, and it's going to be bad. Like the the coming apocalypse is not going to be in the climate necessarily. It's going to be in political economy. We're going to get ecofascism. 
the Republicans understand this, and this is why they were talking about the Arctic ice. They're there, ice. man. Yeah, they They're there. Notice how the Republicans don't talk anymore about whether climate change is real or not? They all know that it's fucking real, and they're preparing for it. Yeah, and they're certainly not going to come back around and be like, okay, you guys got us. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's the exactly. thing about... They're, they're, ahead, they're skipping 10 steps ahead. Exactly. They don't well, have that's, to. They, they have to. That's how deeply yeah. unpopular reactionaries stay in power is because they're good at forecasting. Right. And preparing for the weather. So, the, yeah, that's a really long answer of saying, in our lifetimes, we may not even see that kind of violence, but our children probably will. Um, uh, but Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome style. Yeah, but even then, I don't even know that the the environment will really look. There were there will still be ten. There will be ten billion people on this planet in a hundred years. There's not going to be some mass die off because the 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 sea levels are rising. I mean, granted, their birth um, rates are declining around the world, but I still think we're on track to be at around 10 billion people in 100 years. Well, I think there will be. I don't think it's going to be like a mass extinction event, but there will be places you cannot live anymore. Absolutely. And there will be people die because of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Or if, if they can't figure out how to get someplace where you can live. Right. But yeah, it's not going to be like an ice age just hits us in ten years yeah, and, and there we go, we all go into the void. <laughs> right. hands. And people aren't going to have money to move. Like it's just going to be the same. It's going to be, I mean, the the our our generation's most vivid memory or understanding of this is Hurricane Katrina. It's just going to be like that over and over. It's just yeah. going to be like sped up. I mean, we're already seeing it. Um. Yeah. Well, we need long term plans, and uh, if you're scared. Like we're scared too. <laughs> yeah, we're scared. If you're not scared, <laughs> right? You need more therapy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's a good one to kind of to put a bow on it with, since it's this. We're taking it more local here. Great. For the hundredth episode, Andy writes, "You guys have talked about the incarceration statistic in Kentucky. That if things keep up, every person in the state will be sent to jail or prison in the next hundred years." My question is this. Who's going to be the first true ability to get sent to prison and what's their crime? Uh, <laughs> me for mechanophilia. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> On Tom's broke down truck in your driveway. Yeah, fuck. I'm going to fuck Tom's truck. Shh, you can't fuck any worse than it's been fucked. You got no goddamn tailgate. You got a goddamn two by four holding the shit in. It might be me for the trash bags. It might be all three of us at once for not paying our taxes or something like that. The government could get us. Mine would be a finance crime, probably check cutting, money laundering, or something like that. Definitely a finance. I have. Crime. I've been investigated by the Secret Service for internet gambling before. That that did happen to me. Yeah. So it's just you know. Yeah. Shit, baby, that's just life. That's I just live. life. <laughs> dangerous Tom, they call me. That's right. So yeah, Tom's going to jail for gambling. Yeah. Um. I don't really. I mean, obviously the illicit, uh, you know, drugs than I do. Just weed, you know. Fucking. Even then, Tom's got more weed than I do. I'm snitching on him on the podcast. <laughs> God damn. He's the dry snitch now. Um, Tanya, what's your crime? What are you going to prison for? I don't know. Crime of passion. I was about to say, hopefully my sex work, uh, my career takes off as a sex worker, and that's what I go down for. <laughs> that's my hopes and dreams. Yeah. So I don't have a fucking boss anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably snap in public on somebody or something. <laughs> you know, it'll be so. It'll just like I'll be on my period, and somebody will fucking cut me off, and I'll just like take out. <laughs> 
ten cars. Just like a I don't know. Pull somebody out of the car and just <laughs> stack it on their face. It's like, God damn, Tanya snap. Fucking snap. She fucking spazzed on this one. Yeah. Well, with, that's an hour and 45 minutes, folks. So I hope you got all your questions and confessions answered. Happy 100th episode. Um, happy, happy. We have happy. about 50 or 55 more episodes on the Patreon. So I guess technically yeah. this is probably something more like the 150th episode. So Yeah. But, um, but this is our 100th free episode. We like to, you know, give it all free to you for free uh, you know unless you want to pay us for it which you should you get, a little, you get a little extra you get a little extra yeah patreon.com uh, but don't hold out for that t-shirt and I did well here's what here I did make a, an edit to the patreon because we had to stop the bleeding I, we are, I will see to it that we honor if you subscribe before this past Saturday after six months of patronage, you will receive your T-shirt. But if you subscribe after, we're going to figure out something else for you. Um, I, what? I'll let you take care of all that. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I'm under no illusion. There's going to be any T-shirts. <laughs> Tanya's a T-shirt uh, agnostic. <laughs> I'm a T-shirt nihilist. I'm a truther. And you're a T-shirt truther, I guess. <laughs> so, Oh, speaking of which, we have a mock-up here. There it is. Well, another go to, one. Go to the Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Get all fifty something goddamn episodes there and uh, listen to them, and uh, hang out with your friends. Thank you for your confessions. Thank you for your questions and confessions. You can keep sending them. Honestly, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, this could be a regular. Segment. Right, we could just keep you could just this. keep sending us shit. And, uh, and before chances we, are, we probably left a few out there but we'll get to yeah them. yeah and before we go we absolutely need to plug a show um next friday friday the 14th yeah friday june 14th Tri- friday oh, june 14th right. at best friend bar in lexington starts at 9 9 p.m 10 dollar cover we're going to be there opening for street fight yep. radio we're gonna don't quit planning shit without me I'm we're gonna be really gonna you're in oklahoma it. motherfucker no, that's what i'm that saying shit. y'all never <laughs> fucking consult no, when me we plan this when we planned this you said you were gonna be in oklahoma <laughs> they asked us to do it and they already had the date set yeah and so uh so we're gonna do it it would be a better show if you were there, though. It would be. What's, what's in Oklahoma that Come you need on. to be there for? Michelle's sister. Okay. Going to visit sister that's for the le- first time. That's a legit reason. Also, she works for uh, the like, Native Tribe there, and I'm going to spend basically the whole weekend in casinos. Well, win us some money and uh, bring it back for us. I will it. either bring back money or I will not come home. <laughs> Fair enough. Um well, then we'll see you at the show and uh, sign up for the Patreon and uh, have fun. Ask them where I'm at. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>